I'm Natasha Madoff, and this is Artist Planet. This is my conversation with Amy Capps, a renowned performance and visual artist living in Venice, California. Her work has been exhibited in Germany, Cuba, and many venues in Los Angeles, as well as across the United States. Her work carries an ironic tone as she playfully presents her intellectual and political reflections from a point of view of, say, a poodle, or the experience of a black and white striped form living in a fully striped world. I first met Amy at a party in Venice over 20 years ago, and once I'd seen her experimental film, The Poodle's Point of View, I knew I'd want to follow whatever Amy did next. How did you become an artist? How about that? Right. I, I, that's an, it's a funny question because I, I recently had to write about that for a grand proposal, and it's like, wow, okay, in 700 words or less. Um, you know, I... I I had the great fortune of being brought up in a household that really respected and revered and celebrated the arts. So as a young girl, I was sent to ballet school, tap school. Um, we went to concerts. I even went to Leonard Bernstein's Young People's Concert. Um, and then I had music lessons, violin, clarinet. Um, and um, I was always rather dramatic as a child, or at least my father <clears throat> used to call me Sarah Grubich or something like that, something silly like that, because I was very, I'm still very emotional. Um, and that's been an interesting conversation with myself, the emotional versus the intellect also. And um, it's, a, it's a balancing act, but how did I become an artist? I think, I think one is, um, if we're born to it, but it was always a compulsion in a way. And um, I did study psychology at college, but my um, studies led me to performing as well. I mean, my final project was actually a video and um, where I enacted several uh, psychological illnesses actually and had some of my friends uh, act out different illnesses. I was a hebephrenic schizophrenic and uh, also like the interviewer. Um, so after college, I realized that I really was an artist. I had been approached by Ricky McCoy, who's a black poet, black gay poet in New York City who needed a female to be in a performance piece of his. And this was at the 15th annual Sh Charlotte Mormons uh, avant-garde festival. And that was, that's pretty big. It was a pretty big deal. I mean, there, Allen Ginsberg was there. Uh, I mean, Charlotte Mormon used to be Yoko Ono's uh, roommate, but I digress. Anyway, working with Ricky, this was my introduction to performance art. I didn't really even know that was an art form. And I had studied some theater and such, but um, I wasn't really that interested in speaking other people's words. I thought that my voice is valid and I have something to say and to show. And um, I went from there. I also worked in the art field in New York City for an art management consultant that exposed me to people like Laurie Anderson, United States part one through four, um, uh, 
Twyla Tharp doing, you know, dance with visuals by Robert Rauschenberg. I mean, it was this, this uh, really incredible, exciting time in New York City in the early 80s. Um, I got to meet Andy Warhol and Robert Rauschenberg and, uh, you know, handful of really in influential art people. But um, and then I moved to Germany and I did a, a lot of performance art there. I was actually able to support myself better there because and in Europe, they seem to respect the arts and artists, um, I think just in general. Uh, whereas here in America, it seems like, well, if you make a lot of money, then you're respected. But if not, then maybe you're just fringe. Um, and do I survive off my art? I survive emotionally <laughs> uh, through my art and intellectually, but um, I have to do other odd jobs and I've done all kinds of jobs. Um, like right now, actually through the pandemic, I've been delivering food for an office company and I do uh, recruiting for market research. Um, I, I think, you know, one of my philosophies is to remain flexible and enjoy the ride and not, you know, not really sweat the small stuff and stress. And um, I have a pretty um, modest lifestyle, I think, although I think it's a very rich uh, lifestyle that I lead. How does that affect your work to be living, having sort of, sort of downtown LA in Venice as a, as a habitat, I guess, you know? It's great. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, I'm bi-coastal kind of, you know, um, and yeah. it's also quite a relief to be able to move all of my stuff and my art supplies out of my home. Um, there's a part of me that really loves having my studio at home because, of course, then I can work anytime. But there is also an advantage to sort of separation of church and state, kind of like, you know. And uh, I have um, studio made that I do a lot of collaborations with. And also, I think it's great to have somebody to talk to about art and your art or art in general. You walk out into the hallway and the other artists with other studios where you are right now? Um, not so many in this building, but I mean, I walk out my door and my studio mate is there. Um, and um, so it's, a, it's sort of like a constant dialogue. And we even started a YouTube channel and uh, called Hibiscus TV. And, um, you know, we discuss art, we make silly stuff. So it also seems to be a time where, um, you know, after all the crap that's going on in the world and the pandemic and uh, the political situation that was going on, um, it's really nice to just make beautiful things and even be silly sometimes. Silly is good. Silly is serious silly. <laughs> That's what I love about your work is you definitely enter the political sphere through a sense of play. So, and I'd like to like sort of take, like how do you generate your work? What, how do, where does it come from? Okay. Well, I mean, for me, first and foremost, art is about communication. And I realized that 
you know, it's a language and I hope that people understand what I'm conveying, not that I make any dictates because I truly want people to experience something and to question what they see. And I'll tell you, you know, most of my ideas seem to come in a flash. I, I will get an image often. And, um, and if it interests me enough, then I will pursue it. And then it's kind of like pulling focus on a camera. The more I research, the more I work on it, the more I learn and it evolves and develops into a, a full on piece. So I do a lot of performance and installation work meanwhile, and I've worked with a lot of photographers. Photography for a performance artist is, is a great medium because of course, performance art is temporal. You know, if you didn't see it, you missed it. It's gone. It didn't, did it even happen? You know, so documenting the work has become important. And um, also actually the whole series of Victus Versus or Living Stripes was um, an attempt to monetize uh, my work in a sense, or uh, preserve it, or give, give the people something they can take home. So tell, tell me about that. Tell me about how your whole striped art exploration has start generated and, and what, what is happening and how it's evolved. It, funny enough, it actually started when I was invited to um, Burning Man. To, well, actually, actually it started before that. I was invited to do a performance piece in Inglewood at the Beacon Arts Building. And I wanted to do a piece called Litany of Lovers, where I'm seen just in shadow. So I'm backlit and I have... Uh, had spandex in front of me. So you just saw my shadow, but um, I didn't have enough white spandex. So I went downtown looking for spandex. I also had like no budget. So I went to my favorite store where you have to like dig through stuff. And I found this striped fabric and I put my hand behind it and I could see my hand. I was like, hmm, this could work. Uh, so that was actually the first piece that I did using the striped fabric. Then somebody invited me to go to Burning Man and I thought, okay, I had resisted for many years because I thought, hey, I'm, I live my life that way, okay? Not, not necessarily partying, but freedom of expression, uh, being my own boss, all of that sort of stuff. I didn't need to drive a day to get to the hot desert and uh, contend with the elements. But anyway, actually a curator sort of shamed me into it. She's like an artist of our generation. You really should go to Burning Man. So a friend of mine bought me a ticket. And then while I was getting ready, I thought, well, I'm not going to just go as a spectator. I I'm going to make a performance out of it. So I sewed my entire wardrobe out of the striped fabric and then actually even did a photo shoot on the playa, which was rather amusing. Um, and uh, after looking at those photographs, because the first photographs I was actually nude and I just had the striped fabric and the desert there. And then I, I started discovering that the less skin I showed, the more interesting, I found the images. 
this is still the human form, which is very much part of my work. Uh, and I thought that was really cool. So it started that way. And then I, I, I started uh, working with um, a photographer, a friend of mine, Love Mondo, and we would go to different places. I was invited to do performances. So I always brought a designated photographer with me. And it was really a performance for the camera. The people could enjoy it. But it, for me, it was more about mm, finding these great uh, angles and uh, emotional gestures. That's what I try to work on, that it's a beautiful form, but that it may also possess some good emotional content. Evidently, there's been a study where supposedly creative people like stripes more and they tend to wear people who think outside the box. Well, I have, uh, there is one performance that I've done that's called um, Experiments in Striped Interruption in Stripes where I'm actually wearing stripes and I have stripes projected on me and there is a soundtrack of me reading uh, from a book by Michel Pastoreau called A History of Stripes. What, no, The Devil's Cloth. The history of stripes. And this is really an academic um, investigation of striped cloth. And uh, it has often been um, associated with deviants, uh, people who are not conforming to the norm. There's also even like, you know, I mean, it's left up to interpretation, but in Latin, uh, in the Bible or something like that, it was, um, you know, thou shall not wear a cloth of two, which could be uh, interpreted as two different colors or stripes. I mean, apparently the earliest um, documentation of striped fabric is uh, an image of um, prostitutes from the 13th century. Uh, would you like to do a little tour of the your studio? Right behind me, and of course it's, and backwards, I'm working on a uh, performance installation, a major piece called uh, It's All in Her Head, <laughs> starring Amy G. Dalla. And that came out of um, just, you know, thinking about fear and being master of my own universe and uh, wanting to see if I can train myself not to be afraid or to react differently to fear uh, and emotions. So I don't know if you can see all of that, but I've got a swing here. This is a swing. That was part of an installation in uh, Lancaster. There's LA. <laughs> it's a beautiful room. I feel really good. I have some dresses here. These dresses are both part of uh, different iterations of a piece called A Piece of Me, where people can actually pull off a piece of the cloth and it exposes a photograph of my body, actually my nude body. And then I have some work here. During this pandemic also it became clear to me about how we consume and not just food or toilet paper 
but just in general, um, the excess that we have, and I'm certainly not a minimalist, as you can see. Um, <laughs> and um, so I, I wanted to make work from what I have, you know, the materials that I already have here. So of course I had lots of fabric, I have lots of mason line, and I had all these frames that I've been collecting. So I, um, I started making this work. So this is actually spandex. <laughs> it's the same stuff that I wear. And this mason line from the hardware store. So it's kind of like painting with cloth in a sense. You think you'll ever stop making art? No. It's, I don't, you know, I, I talk about, uh, you know, maybe retiring one day, but that would not be retiring from art. It would be retiring from everything else. And I, I mean, art keeps me alive. It really is one of my uh, survival techniques, I would say. It keeps me balanced emotionally and intellectually and, um, that's how I also um, see my self-worth as a valuable member of society. I mean, art is so necessary uh, and so valuable. Why do you think art is necessary? It's culture, it's, um, it feeds us. Uh, without it, we'd be savage which is not a bad thing either to be wild, but um, necessary. I don't know, it's like breath. Creation, I think, you know, artists inspire the rest of the world to, to do things, to create things, to see things, to experience things. And what advice would you give to other artists or young artists starting out? Just do it. You can't, listen to what everybody else says. If I did, I'd probably, you know, be an eye doctor in New Jersey or something like that, you know, which is not a bad thing, but it's not for me. Um, so I think one has to believe in themselves, be open, listen, be open to learn um, and express yourself. I think it's important to produce and um not critique yourself all the time and that that might stop you from creating you can always edit um or destroy the work that you don't like but i honest expression is the most potent you know uh true your own truth even if you don't know what that is you know but not copying others, being influenced perhaps by others or inspired by others, but um, just do it. Make, make art. If you wanna be an artist, then make art and go to museums, go to galleries, look at what's out there and then close yourself off in a vacuum and do your own thing. So to tell me a little bit about your collaboration process. Or well, I, I 
you know, when I was younger, I, I had these grandiose ideas, you know, and saw Amy Capps, concept by Amy Capps, directed by Amy Capps, costumes by Amy. And then uh, when I was in film school, I realized when I collaborate with people, they interpret uh, the idea in a way that I never thought of. And I realized how enriching that is. And um, a few years ago, when I started the Victus versus Living Stripes series, I was approached by a photographer, Eric Schwabel. And uh, we were at a little community arts meeting and he comes up behind me and whispers in my ear, we should do something together. And, and I was like, ah! <laughs> you know, claws out, not really claws out like that, but just grab onto this uh, opportunity because he's a fabulous, fabulous photographer. And uh, our first collaboration took place in his studio um, where, again, this was one of the shots, this won an award, one world, one shot. Um, and so we started this whole series of the striped world, um, first in his studio, and then we started going on location. And um, it's been an incredibly valuable experience um, working with him or working with Love Mondo, who uh, edits most of my videos uh, and uh, helps me with sound a lot and the music. And, um, and right now I'm doing a lot of collaboration with my studio mate, Kay Freeman, working on videos. Uh, I was asked to curate a painting exhibition at the Museum of Art and History in Lancaster two years ago, uh, three years ago. And I thought, well, I know a lot of painters. Um, I could just, you know, like cook up a concept, but I loved her work and we have a really good rapport. And um, we were not studio mates back then. Um, but we started working together and created an amazing, amazing exhibition called The Anatomy of a Painting. And uh, we made a film attached to it. And um, it's, just, it's just been really interesting. And the artist life can be very, um, I don't wanna say lonesome, but I spend so much time alone and that's really important as well. But uh, to be able to work with someone else can be very exciting and inspiring and spurn you on to do things that you might not do on your own. Another thing I wanted to say, because you asked about, you know, if I have any advice for young artists or any anybody young, number doesn't matter what your age is. Um, I, I've come to the conclusion that it really doesn't matter what anybody else is doing you know, be irreverent, be scandalous, and be respectful at the same time, you know, and just do what you want to do. Basta. That was my conversation with Amy Capps that we recorded in April of 2021. This episode was produced by me, Natasha Madoff, and was edited by Carlos Bergs.